0: So every story has a beginning. Your story has a beginning. My story has a beginning. Every story has a beginning. And some of them, you know how they begin. You, you're so familiar with them. You go, oh, I know how this one begins. Like the Bible is a collection of stories. They are true stories, but, it, but it's stories. And that's primarily what is involved in this. So how does the story of the Bible begin? Right. Let's do interactive, okay? You guys in the family room interact here. So well, how does the story of the Bible begin? in the beginning it's so simple don't you love it when it all comes together it's like it's so simple in the beginning and then the story unfolds fairy tales like cinderella how do do those usually begin once upon a time how about alice in wonderland how did that begin with a rabbit hole into the rabbit hole how about um let's how about star wars how did star wars begin Yeah, in a galaxy far, far, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? Yeah, so all these stories have beginnings, and it's interesting. You kind of know how they begin. Your life has a beginning, probably in a hospital with someone paddling you on the backside. No wonder you have a sour disposition. No, that's, do they do that anymore? Do, 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 Do they do that in hospitals, spank kids right at the beginning? Like, get used to it, kid. Okay, maybe not so much anymore. But every, everybody's story has a beginning, and every faith story has a beginning. And we come to Easter celebration, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's weird, because the resurrection, when you get to Jesus' story, it seems like the resurrection is sort of the climax of the story, not the beginning. So it's like, why are we talking about the beginning? Some of you, many of you know the beginning of Jesus' story. Yes? Yeah, because we, we get together on what holiday, and we celebrate that? Christmas, like good. So you got Christmas, you got Easter, beginning and ending and stuff. So you got Christmas, and there's the whole Joseph and Mary and the Virgin Birth and the trip to Bethlehem and the angels and shepherds and wise men and gifts and all those things, right? We celebrate. That's the beginning of Jesus' story. We pretty much get that. And then Jesus goes through his life, and the Bible tells it stops one place when Jesus is about twelve. Tells us the story of Jesus in the temple, confounding the teachers, the religious teachers with his knowledge and his understanding. And then it moves, it skips several years and gets up to about the time he's 30 years old. Then he gets baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Then he goes out in the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days and seeks God's heart and is tempted by the devil and remains true to God. And then at the end of that, he comes back into Galilee and into Judea and he has this public ministry where he teaches people and he heals people and he does some amazing things. And at the end of that whole run, about three years, There is a final week in his life, which we have just sort of commemorated together. We call it Holy Week or Passion Week. And at the end of that, Jesus dies on a cross. And they took him off the cross. They buried him in a hole in a rock in a tomb. They covered that thing up with a big stone. And they said, that's it. Everybody thought, that's it, that's the end of the story. The Romans thought, that's the end of the story, we're not going to hear from him anymore. The Jewish leaders thought, that's it, that's the end of the story, we're not going to hear from him anymore. The disciples, Jesus' followers, they thought, that's it, we're not going to be with him anymore. Everybody thought that was the end of the story. And then Sunday morning came, and early in the morning, before the sun came out, Jesus comes out of the grave fully alive, never to die again. That freaked them out. Don't you think? Doesn't freak you out because you've heard it before, most of you. But that was pretty big news to them. Now, that seemed like the climax of Jesus' story. There was one more thing in his life uh, on earth as he, as he ascended into heaven. That's sort of the, the denouement. I learned, I, I learned this yesterday. I learned, I learned that word like when I was in college. Paid a lot of money to get words like that, denouement, which means like resolution of the story. Then someone told me yesterday I was pronouncing it wrong whatever, it resolved, okay, so, so he goes to heaven, It resolves, but it's, it sort of climaxes with the resurrection, that's everything, it's the end of Jesus' story, but we're talking about beginnings today, I want to talk about beginnings, every story has a beginning, and every faith story has a beginning, and if this whole resurrection thing is new for you, I want to invite you to make a beginning in faith today, maybe you just came in today because somebody said, hey, if you come to church with me on Easter, I'll take you to brunch afterwards, and you went, that's a good deal. A little bit of pain followed by some sweet things. You're like, that'll be all right, you know. And some of you, you're here and you're like, okay, I've been investigating Jesus for a while. I've been thinking about him for a while. And maybe, maybe I'm getting close to beginning in a journey of faith with him. I want to invite you into that today. If this whole concept of resurrection and who Jesus is, if that's sort of new to you. Now, some of you, you're here and you're like, well, I hear the story of, I hear the story of, of resurrection every year. In fact, I meet some people out in the lobby after our, our, our Easter gatherings, you know, and I'm saying hello and all of those kinds of things, and people will sometimes go past me at the doorway and they're like, hey, Pastor Brad, that was a good talk today. I'm like, oh, good. Then they go, you gave the same talk last year. <laughs> I'm like, well, come back next year at Easter, buddy, because I'm going to get the same one again, because it's about resurrection. That's like, that's all we talk about, especially on Easter. It's resurrection. And so for some of you, you're like, okay, it's old news. I sort of got this part of the story already. And so for you, I just want to invite you to refresh your journey in faith in the resurrection of Christ today. Refresh it. Renew it. And let Jesus renew it with you. Because if Jesus Christ rose from the dead he changes everything frankly if anybody rose raises if anybody comes back to life (laughs) it changes everything you would change everything for that person if somebody came back to life it just happened that jesus did it two thousand years ago and it's been a long journey since then but it changes everything so whether this is new for you or whether this is old stuff for you i want to invite you to begin in a journey of faith with jesus or to refresh that journey of faith today All right, we're going to tell a story from Jesus' disciples. It happens about three or four months after Jesus' resurrection, I believe, and it's found in Acts chapter 3. So if you have a Bible with you and you want to open up to this, you can. If you've got a Bible on your iPhone you can, or smartphone, whatever, you can open up to that. There's some Bibles on the chair near you. You can use one of those. That would be awesome. Acts chapter 3 is a story of two of Jesus' disciples known as Peter and John, two of his closest friends, and it's some months after Jesus' resurrection, and here's how the story goes. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now let's just stop there for a minute and see if we can put this in some perspective that we can figure out together. Peter and John are on their way to the temple they're, Jesus has resurrected, they're, they're committed to that idea and that thought, and they're going to the temple, it's a time of prayer, they're, they're like, well, God, what's going to happen today? And when they show up at the temple gate, the gate called beautiful, ironically, here's a man who is lame, has never walked since the time he was born, and he's sitting at the beautiful gate begging for money. Any, anybody ever come across people asking for money? <laughs> Six of you? Oh, more? Oh, okay. So, is that ever awkward for anybody else? It's it's awkward for me. Some of you, now, some of you, I know this, some of you are, like, such beautiful, amazing, wise people and generous. Like, when that happens, someone asks you for money, you just take out your purse or your wallet. You just empty it right there for them, right, right there. You know, and you don't have any qualms about that. You're like, I know what to do. But some of us, that's a little bit awkward. And so over the years, and I'm sorry to admit this, you'll you'll be ashamed of your pastor, but... Um, over the years, I've just had various strategies of, you know, handling it when, when people are asking for money, you know. Usually, I take a book out of my children's, I took a page out of my children's book. You know, children, they have this idea that if they don't, if you, if they don't look you in the eye, you can't see them. <laughs> I, I, I just do that with people asking, funny, I'm just not going to look at them. Then they, then they won't see me. Then they can't ask me for money. Well, now Peter, he gets, he gets to the temple gate, and, he, and, uh, and it says, he looked the man right in the eyes. I'm like, Peter, you're breaking the rule. That's not how it works. And I think John's with him. The Bible says, and John looked him in the eyes too. But I think John at first was going, Peter, don't look at him. Don't look at him. And then Peter looks straight at him. So John goes, okay, I'm in. And then Peter makes it worse. He goes, hey, dude, look at us. Now it's like, oh, we got locked eyes. And, and what does the lame man think right about then? Payday. Like, oh, I'm going to get some money. They're looking at me. Nobody ever looks at me. They're looking at me. They are going to give me money. And the next thing Peter says is, I don't have any cash. Well, the way he says it, silver and gold have I none. But what he means is, I don't have any cash. And the lame man says, that's lame, man. (laughs) Come on, thank you. I worked hard on that one. (laughs) Right on. And then Peter says, you know, I don't have any money, but what I have I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he reaches down, the Bible says he t- takes him by the right hand, and he begins to help this man up. And then the Bible says immediately the man's ankles and feet became strong. Now this guy had never walked before, and later on in the story it says he's, about, he's over 40 years old, which is the Bible's, Bible's way of saying he's got one foot in the grave. I don't know what that means for us they didn't live quite as long as we do but you know anyway so here's this guy he's never walked peter takes him by the hand picks him up his ankles and feet become strong the greek word that luke used to write that story that that word for strong is the greek word steros it's the word we get our word steroids from it's like right there in the temple peter gave this man peds (laughs) boom and he stands up now i don't know what it looked like but i'm imagining the guy had to learn to walk you know he'd never walked before how many of you had to learn to walk About half. <laughs> rest of you, like, you came out there, come on, let's go, right? I don't know how that worked for you. I just think this guy probably had to learn how to walk. It wasn't like, it wasn't natural to him. It's not natural for anybody to have that kind of balance and learn how to put one foot in front of the other. I, I imagine he sort of looked like Bambi, you know, when he first started, you know, on the ice. And you and got Thumper to help him up and stuff, you know. I think that's how it started. But then very soon, it became like this. Ishikawa. Hits one in the right. The Giants win the pennant. Yeah. I mean, don't you think that's what that's like? Don't you, that's, that's like a perfect picture of it. Here's a lot of people, just like there were in the temple, and this amazing miracle happens. It's not quite a resurrection, but it's a pretty good miracle. A guy who's never walked before, now 40 years later, gets up, and he starts walking wobbly like Bambi, but then after a while, he's walking and running and jumping in the temple. Do you think that didn't cause a commotion? (laughs) Well, I think it did. I think it was fantastic, right? And all these people around the temple from everywhere, they're running. And it says in the next verse, it says, They all came to Solomon's porch, to Solomon's colonnade, and they had a party there. They're all like, yay! And they're all gathering around like a home plate. They're like, yeah, 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 wow, this is cool. And then, through God's spirit, Peter decides to speak to the people that were there having this celebration over what had just happened. So, Peter... Peter's talk begins in verse 12. He says this When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you instead. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. into a sermon when you read through the book of acts you find this is only peter's second sermon he hasn't got a lot of training for this he was a fisherman he knows how to fish but he's not got a lot of you know how do you give a sermon kind of stuff but the holy spirit fills him up and then he begins to speak to these people about the good news of christ i don't know what that was like for him but when it comes to easter morning for me and it's like oh i get to stand up and give the message about the gospel the good news of jesus i'm over there like and my heart's going boom 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 because this is so exciting and I'm like, Peter must have been hearing, you know, or watching what's going on. He's like, we get to tell them about Jesus. We get to tell them about resurrection. And maybe his heart's going like this. And he begins to speak to them about what's happening and what's, what they're seeing. And here's his theme for his talk. Don't be surprised at what Jesus does. That's the theme. He's like, why are you so surprised? Like, we did this ourselves. It wasn't us. We didn't do this. We didn't accomplish this. It came by the power of Jesus Christ, the resurrected one. Don't be surprised at what Jesus does. Peter's saying, you know what? Crazy things happen when you come into a connection with Jesus. Crazy things happen when a man rises from the grave. And then Peter gets a little bold with them. He's like, you disowned the Holy One. You exchanged a murderer for the Messiah. You sent the pure and perfect, spotless lamb to the cross. You did that. I'm like, speak up, Peter. I I, I find when I'm writing sermons, you know, to deliver on the weekend, uh, when I'm up in my office and I'm writing things out, I usually write sermons in second person, second person plural. I think that's right. Some of you have grammar background? Second person plural, that means you. You, 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 you. And that's like Peter, it's like, you did this and you did that and you nailed him to a cross and it's all your fault. And usually when I write my sermons, that's kind of how it comes out. (laughs) No, honestly, it really does. It's easier that way or I don't know. But then by Friday afternoon when I kind of get things wrapped up, I get to the spot where i like, I better not say it that way because it's like we. Because I'm in the same boat you're in, which is sinking, by the way. But I'm in it, and we're all in this together. And so I'm like, well, we've got these challenges, and we've got this stuff. And here's Peter. You did this, and you did that, and you did the other thing. And And then he turns the page, and he says, but God raised him from the dead. But God raised him from the dead, and that changes everything. If Jesus rose from the grave, it changes everything. Nothing can be the same if somebody rises from the dead. Give it. it's peter back there <laughs> it's awesome now peter finishes up his talk in verse 19 listen to this statement that he makes he says repent then and turn to god so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the lord three things to see there number one is the r word a lot of people really don't like it when preachers use the r-word you know the r-word repent repent you get some you get some picture of a wild eyed you know flaming haired evangelist going repent reason i have no hair left because i kept doing that when i was younger repent all my hair burned off And you're like, oh, no, he's going to use the R word. It's going to get scary and frightening. It's going to get over-emotional. People are going to be rolling down the odds. It's going to be weird. That's the word Peter uses, repent. But the word that he uses is not this over-emotional word. It's not this word that's filled with all kinds of religious freight or baggage. It's really an intellectual word. Repent, in the word that Peter used, is a word that means to change your thinking. When I invite you to take a journey of faith, to begin a journey of faith, I'm really inviting you to change your thinking about Jesus. You've been off doing your own thing. It's like, oh, I I do life this way or I do life that way or these are my choices and I have not chosen to follow Jesus. Along with Peter, I'm just asking you to change your thinking about Christ. If he rose from the grave, it is worth changing your thinking about Christ. He says, change your thinking about Jesus so that your sins may be wiped out. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. There was a there was a time in our culture, cultures, you know, change over time, but there was a time in our culture when it wasn't cool to talk about sin. And I don't know, maybe it's still not very cool to talk about it, but there was a time when we're like, there was even a book that came out, it's like, I'm okay, you're okay. Oh, we're all okay. We're all pretty good people. We're all nice. We're all, it's all fine. We're all good. Don't talk about sin. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not bad. I don't, you know, don't talk about that. I think we've gone, think we've gone past that. It seems like we own stuff better these days. We own our sin better. And so when the Bible talks about sin, the, Bible, the Bible's definition of sin is anytime you substitute anything for God, when you let your stuff become your god and you you take god out of the way and you put your stuff there that's sin. When you put yourself there and you go I'm going to be my own god. I don't need god. I don't need some other god. I'm going to I'll be in charge of my own life. That's called sin. And every time we replace god with something else it's sin and it breaks our life. Sin kills everything it touches. so we wander around in this life and our lives are broken and sin enslaves us and it entraps us it weighs us down it breaks us and peter says look change your thinking about jesus because in the name of jesus who rose from the grave he can wipe out your sin he can wipe out that brokenness Wipe it out. I love that picture of it. He says, to change your thinking about Jesus so that your sins can be wiped out and times of refreshing may come in the Lord. That's another beautiful picture of it. Times of refreshing. Anybody need refreshment? I don't mean, I don't mean you, like you need a Coke or something. Maybe you do. I don't really know. Maybe you need more coffee. I'm not really sure. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about in your life, because of the way things go in your life or the stuff that's in your life or the brokenness that's in your life, it's like, do you need refreshment? It's the same concept as in the 23rd Psalm when David wrote, he restores my soul. It's the same word. Refreshment. Change your thinking about Jesus Begin a journey of faith with Jesus so that your sins can be wiped out and times of refreshing may come in your life from the Lord. Sometimes the Bible calls it salvation, sometimes it calls it restoration, sometimes it calls it redemption. It's refreshment. It's God taking that thing inside the center of your life called your soul, which is broken and disconnected from God, and God saying, look, if you'll change your thinking about Jesus, I will resurrect your soul. And I will re-engage you in a relationship with me, God says. I don't know in your life what needs refreshment. I don't know where in your life you look at your life and you go, oh, this is where my life, this is where I see the brokenness. This is where I see the damage from sin in my life. I don't know where that is for you. For some of you, you probably see it most clearly in addictions. Substances or pornography or videos you watch. I, I don't know what those things might be, but addictions that you have in your life and you go, man, that's where the brokenness comes out in my life. I've got I to have that refreshed. I've got to be rescued from that change your thinking about christ he will bring times of refreshment some of you see it in your relationships maybe your relationship with your spouse you you see it man that you know that the stuff that's in your life has damaged your relationship with your wife or something in your life has damaged your relationship with your husband Or something in your life has damaged your relationship with your fiance, or with your children, or with your parents, or with your neighbor, or with your co-worker, or with your siblings, or who knows what that looks like. But you look at your life and go, I know that this thing called sin has broken my relationships, and that's where you see a need for refreshment. Change your thinking about Christ, and he will bring you times of refreshment. you see it in your finances i mean sometimes the sin in our life gets so messed up and messes us up so much that it messes up all of our finances we get into such debt and trouble and and brokenness that we are enslaved in our finances he says you can change your thinking about christ and christ comes in and wipes out that sin now he doesn't promise to change it all today but he promises to to change it and to bring refreshment in that journey of faith change your thinking about Christ and begin a journey of faith with him that broken, wilted, withered center of our life called our soul can be refreshed well, <clears throat> at, the of, uh, at the end of Peter's sermon they tossed him in jail <laughs> that is not good news Right, I'm like, okay, at the end of the, if this is really bad, are the cops going to be outside? You know, say, Pastor Brad, that was not good. <laughs> well, that's how it went for Peter. The religious leaders grabbed him at the end of that talk. They put him in jail overnight. The next morning, they bring him out. They go, we need to talk about this Jesus thing. We want you to stop talking about Jesus. And Peter has a chance to give them another sermon. And so this one picks up in verse 8 of chapter 4. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter says, hey, you guys, you, th- you you tossed us in jail last night. Can I just get some clarification? Did you throw us in jail because of an act of kindness we did to a lame man? Is that, is that how this went down? Because I just want you to know, if that's why you put us in jail, because we were kind to a lame man and we healed him. Just know this, it wasn't in our name or our power or our holiness that made that happen. It was in the name of Jesus. Oh, and by the way, you guys guys nailed him to a cross. And God raised him from the dead. And then Peter invites the religious leaders of the Jews to begin a relationship of faith with Jesus. Peter says there is salvation in no other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among human beings by which we must be saved. There are other religions that talk about saving yourself. Hey, do these things, do some good stuff, do some good works, and you'll save yourself. You'll make it yourself. There is no other name under heaven given among human beings by which we must be saved. Only Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among human beings by which we may be refreshed. There is no other name under heaven given among human beings by which we may be restored. There is no other name under heaven given among human beings by which we may be redeemed. No other name. Change your thinking about Jesus and begin a journey of faith with him. Because a resurrected person changes everything. of you will say well that's all nice it's i love the message you know thank you very much but it's it's too late for me i'm way older than that lame man i'm old i'm 50 or whatever it's too late for me and peter would say no no it's not too late to begin a faith relationship with jesus to begin your faith story with jesus Some of you will say, hey, that's all good. You know, someday I'll get back to that. Someday I'll get back to Jesus. But right now I'm doing my thing. And I don't want anybody getting in the way of my thing. And so maybe someday later I'll get to that. And Peter would say, you know, there's no better day than right now to begin a faith story with Jesus. Some people will say, Yeah, but Pastor Brad, if you knew what my life was like, you would know that I'm going to have to get some things cleaned up before I'm going to begin a faith story with Jesus. Because you don't know what my life is like. No, I don't know what your life is like. But Peter would say, it doesn't matter what your life is like. This is the day to begin your faith story with Jesus. Change your thinking about Jesus. Let him wipe out your sin." Let him bring times of refreshment and salvation into your life. That's what he's asking. I want to ask you the same. I want to invite you to the same thing. That maybe on this day, Easter, Sunday, morning, 2015, that maybe this is your day to begin in faith. If that were something you wanted to do, how would you do that? We want to make it as clear as possible so in the program that we gave you when you came in today we put a little statement on the back that that said it's called the abcs of the gospel and it just goes something like this and you can just walk through these three things and pray them to jesus right where you are and say this is my day to begin in faith the a of the abc stands for admit i admit that my sin has kept me separated from god and i need a savior i admit it B is believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the only Savior that God has sent. I believe that. I invite you to believe that. It's a choice. In fact, the choice is C. C, I choose. I choose to follow Jesus by faith. You can tell them that right where you are. You can begin a journey of faith right where you are today. And if you choose to do that, to follow Jesus by faith, he will say yes to you. That's his promise. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I am so grateful to you that you sent Jesus. I know that we sort of get comfortable with the story. We sort of get used to the story. But Lord, my, my gratitude goes to you because what you did for us through Jesus is absolutely remarkable unimaginable unbelievable unless you give us the belief the faith to trust you so lord there are some people right now i imagine in this room in the in the family room there may be some people that are watching on the podcast and they're like this is my day and jesus as they admit their need for you and they express their belief in you and they decide to choose to follow you Would you be faithful to your promise and hear their prayer and say yes? Wipe out their sin. Bring times of refreshment and healing and wholeness and life. Jesus, thank you